Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Let's just sit there for just a moment. Thank you, Jesus. You know, he's worthy. You know, I just, that, that word has just been running through my mind a lot lately. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise, our worship, our adoration. He's worthy of our lives. He's worthy. I want to welcome everyone today to Destiny. We're honored to have you um, with us. I want to welcome our online crowd. We're honored to have you watching with us today. Um, Before I dive um, into the word Um, I just want to, this week we'll close out 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, We have um, seven days left. Um, We have prayer every morning, uh, Monday to Thursday this week, 7.30 to 10. If you can swing by at any time, um, uh, we would love to have you stop by. And then Thursday night, we've been having some powerful prayer times on Thursday nights, um, 6 to 8 p.m. Join us this Thursday, but I would love to ask everybody that would, to come out this Saturday. We're going to have prayer. The church will be open from 7.30 a.m. to 11 a.m., but um, we're going to have a special time of prayer at 9 a.m. at the church. At 9 a.m. here at the church, we're opening the doors for prayer and um, for all of you to come. We're going to have a time of worship, and then we're going to, then we're going to do something special. So come out at, at bare minimum, be here this Saturday at 9 a.m. as we seek the Lord together, and then we're going to go on assignment. We're going to do a couple things I felt like the Lord has told us to do as a church. So that's this Saturday, and, uh, but finish strong. Finish this fast strong. Dig deep. This is that time. This is that week. As you kind of like, all right, I'm done with this. This is that time when we push to the other side of what the Lord is going to do. And I believe he's going to do something very, very powerful. And then next Sunday, we'll introduce our theme for the year that I really believe the Lord has been really stirring in mine and Tasha's heart for about four years And uh, so we're excited to um, present this to you all. And Pastor Jason mentioned it, but here we are, the final week of our study on the book of James. I can't believe we started this series way back in March. And here we are, in August, we started it way back in August, and here we are in January 21st, just closing it out. And how many of you would say, um, just raise your hands, that this study, the study you've done on your own through the book of James, this, this book has ministered to you. How many of you, this, this, this book has really stirred my heart as a, as a man of God, as a friend, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, all of it. Last week, we looked at James chapter 5, verse 7 through 12, and we really um, answered or we asked the question, how can I do right when I've been done wrong? And we looked at four responses that James gives us in those verses. Number one, we need to have patient endurance. If you remember, that word patience there means waiting in tranquility, right? We need to have patient endurance. We need to have strength of heart. We need to not grumble and complain and kick the dog when things don't go the way we want, right? 
And then the fourth thing he told us just kind of didn't seem to fit, but it does. He said, don't swear. And some of you are like, oh man, I did that a bunch this week. He's not talking about your words, though you probably shouldn't be doing that. He's talking about let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be people of character, be people of integrity, be people of your word. And so that's what we looked at last week. And this week we're going to close up by looking at James chapter 5, verse 13 through 20. And if I had to sum up these eight verses in, in um, what they were and what they represent, I'd give you one word today, and that word is prayer. Prayer. If you look at the life of James, you will find out that James was a man of prayer. And it was actually said that he spent so much time on his knees in prayer, listen, that his knees actually became calloused because of how much prayer he, he took part of. And throughout his letter, James is continually discussing prayer as a key component to the Christian faith. And here in these eight verses, verse 13 through 20 today, as we, as we look at these eight to ten verses here, James is going to talk to us about the power of prayer. And in James 5.16, it's kind of the key verse in all of our study today, and it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If I was making an educated guess today, and I can make an educated guess on this because I've got about 30 years of ministry, I would say that most of us in this room don't have an effective prayer life. That's not being judgmental, that's not condemning, that's not speaking poorly of any of us in the room, but if I was making an educated guess by the people I've spent a lot of time in life with, we don't have a powerful and effective prayer life. And I would say one of the biggest reasons we don't have a consistent prayer life or a powerful and effective prayer life is because we don't believe. For whatever reason, maybe, maybe it's a lack of faith, Maybe it's we haven't been taught how to pray, or maybe we've prayed prayers in the past and we've never really seen the Lord answer our, our prayers, and so therefore we don't pray consistently and we don't have powerful and effective prayers because we simply don't believe. We know we ought to pray, we pray our obligatory prayers, we pray, pray our emergency prayers, but we don't understand the power of this weapon called prayer that is at our disposal. We don't understand it. And so as we close out this book of James, my hope for you, my hope for me, my hope for all of us, my hope for those watching online is that I can teach you today that prayer is powerful but I also want to ignite inside of every one of you this passion for prayer. I want us to be people of prayer, not just because we ought to pray, or not just because we need to pray, or not just because something tragic happened, or not just because we heard somebody pray over a meal one time, and so we think that's when we pray. But I want us to be a people of passionate prayer. I want us to be people that before we make any decisions in life, we go to God first in prayer. I want us to, when life throws us a curve, we don't run to the internet or to friends first, we run to prayer first. This is my hope, this is my prayer, this is the challenge for us today. 
Let's be a people of prayer because prayer is powerful. Let me pray over you today. Lord, there's been a lot of, a lot of prayer going to this service um, because we believe that you have set this day aside to do something powerful. And Lord, I'm not even talking about powerful miracles. I'm talking about you're wanting to raise up a church that's a praying church. So Lord, may we become people of prayer today. May we be effective and may we be fervent and may we be powerful as we pray. And Lord, I pray today that as I declare this word, as I speak your words today, that you anoint them, you touch every one of our hearts, but Lord, you give us ears to hear. And even as James instructs us, we don't want to simply be hearers of the word, we want to be doers of your word. And so that's our prayer today. Bless it in your name we pray, amen. As we look at James chapter 5, verse 13, James refers to two ends of the spectrum of life, suffering and and happiness. Suffering and happiness. Look at it, verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should pray. The verb suffering is the word kakapatheo, and it encompasses any form of external or internal hardship. As we looked at last week, as believers, but this is no different for anybody as Anyone in this world, when we face external or internal hardships in life, we are tempted to react with grumbling and complaining and moaning and anger and discontentment and discouragement. But if you remember from back in August when Jason took us through the first part of James chapter 1, Paul, uh, James tells us to count it all joy when we fall into various kinds of troubles and trials. James tells us there's going to be suffering. And here in James chapter 5, James tells us that prayer is the answer for suffering. He says, are any of you suffering hardships internally or externally? You should pray. And I mentioned it just a moment ago, but the truth is, most of us, we don't have a hard time turning to God in prayer when our lives are unraveling. We don't have a hard time turning to God when pain increases or when worry overcomes us, or when circumstances of life spin out of control, oftentimes that's when we turn to God. But I've seen this in my own life, and I've seen it in now almost 30 years of ministry, oftentimes, and sadly, but oftentimes prayer isn't our first option, it's our last option. And I've really been thinking about this in my life, even in my family, and even as I pastor this church, I think the reason we don't pray first is because we aren't really people of faith. Let me say it this way. We're people of faith, but we're faith in something else than what we should have faith in. You have faith in something. You have faith in something. You have faith in someone. I think the reason we don't go to God first in prayer is because we just really don't have faith. But if nothing else works, if, if worry doesn't work, because we I think that's where a lot of us put our faith in, is in our worry. If my worry doesn't work, if my complaints, if my grumbling doesn't work, if Dr. Google doesn't work, then I will pray. 
But James is clear, and I want you to write this down. Prayer is the solution to every single problem you will ever face. Now, I want to be clear. I want to be very clear. I'm going to be very clear throughout this message today. Just because we pray, that doesn't mean the pain or the trial or the suffering is going to end the moment you pray. I wish it did. I wish the moment I prayed just, boop, it was all gone, right? Wouldn't that be great? That's not how it works. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. Sometimes we pray and immediately. Simple little thing happened to me this week. I was, I was looking for a, a if, if my family knows this, I do not like losing anything. I hate it. Um, Tasha and Makai have, have been blessed with the gift of losing things. Tasha can lose her debit card and and her son, Makai, has taken on that same trait. And I'm not sure how many debit cards and wallets and keys the kid has had. But he loses them, just randomly. I do not like losing anything. I hate it. I put my keys in the same place all the time. And I, I have literally been laying in bed at night and thought, did I put my keys where they are? And I get up because I have to find my keys. Anybody else like that? I do not like losing anything. Well, this past few weeks, there's been one thing I've been trying to find. It's just a piece of paper. And my wife would tell me it's because I don't have it all organized right in files. But there was one thing I've been looking for, and I've been looking. I've looked in my car. I've looked in her car unknowingly because I didn't want anybody to know I was looking for something because I don't like losing anything. I've looked for weeks. I could not find it. And this week, guess what I did? One day this week, I thought, Lord, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Novel idea. I'm tearing apart my closet in my office that is not real organized, and I'm looking for it, and I just feel the Lord say, look on top of your file cabinet, and I go, and there it was. And I was just like, so sometimes, it ain't, sometimes you pray, and it's like the angels start singing, and the other times you pray, and it's like you don't know where God even is. But here's what I've learned about prayer, and I want you to write this down. Prayer doesn't always deliver us from the trial but prayer will deliver us through the trial. Let me say that again. Prayer doesn't always deliver us from the trial, meaning you don't get just, whoop, you're out of it. But sometimes prayer takes us through the trial. So listen to me. When you're facing something that is bigger than you, pray. Pray first. Pray often. Pray always. The second part of this verse says, are any of you happy? Everybody say happy. happy. Something about just saying that word makes you smile, right? Just, it's happy. But this word happy, I want you to understand me, it literally means cheerful or joyful. This word happy here is not talking about external circumstances that cause you happiness. This is not talking about, hey, you're getting ready to take a trip and that made you happy. This word is talking about an internal disposition that you're joyful no matter what. Consider it all joy when you go through various kinds of troubles and trials. This is what this word happy is here for us today. If we go back to our study in the book of Philippians that we did at the beginning of 2003, 23, Paul talked quite a bit about joy. 
Paul's external circumstances weren't bringing him joy. Remember, he was in prison. Paul could talk about joy and being joyful because he had an inner disposition that no matter what was happening to him externally or internally, he found joy. And that's what James is teaching us here. He says, if you are joyful, if you are cheerful on the inside, on the outside, if you're happy, he said you should praise And that word praise is literally just another form of the word pray here. So here's what James is telling us. If you're suffering, pray. If you find yourself cheerful, pray. In all, everybody say all. James is telling us in all circumstances of life, whether they be good or bad, whether you're on a mountain, whether you're in the valley, whether you had an incredible day or a horrible day, James says the first response, the right response, the always response is prayer. 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 James is calling us to be people of prayer. Next, James begins, verse 14 and 15, to deal with the subject that all of us are very familiar with. It's the subject of sickness. All of us have faced some type of sickness in our life. Let's read about it. And I want to explain something, then we're going to look at the verse again. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders. And this word elders here, this is talking about spiritual leaders You should call for the spiritual leaders of the church to come and pray over you. Just to kind of break this down, one of the things this is that's really referring is is if you're really sick and you can't get what this would be saying is if you couldn't get to the temple, call for the leaders to come and pray over you. It's it's almost signifying that you're bedridden, praying over you. But if any of you sick, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith. Everybody say faith. I think the key to our prayers is faith. If we don't pray in faith, we will not see the Lord respond. I just Now, I do believe... Like the, the man who prayed for his son and the Lord's like, kind of like, do you believe? And he's like, I believe, but I doubt. I think the Lord can help us through that. All right, but this is talking about a prayer of faith and it says it will heal the sick and then the Lord will make you well. Who will make you well? I love, the, I love what happens in the Gospels a lot as Jesus says your faith has healed you. Our faith in God heals us. There are different teachings on these verses. Um, depending on what you believe. I, I, as, I, as I've studied the book of James, I've found that there are different opinions on this specific right here, healing. Um, some people do not believe that the Lord heals today. There are pastors and leaders, and, and I'm not um, speaking poorly of them. They just believe that the power of healing left when the, the disciples left. I do not believe that. Others believe that um, when it's talking about praying for the sick here, it's talking about two different things. It's talking about spiritual sickness, or they say it's talking only about you can be healed uh, of sickness because of sin, because you've sinned and that sin has brought you sickness. I simply believe 
that what James is teaching us, and I'm going to show this to you with a word here, but I simply believe that James is talking about physical sickness. He's not talking about, hey, you got sick because you lived in sin and the Lord wants to heal you of that. Yes, I believe he does. If, sin, if sickness comes on you because of a sin, the Lord can heal you. If the common cold comes on you, not because of sin, just because it's stupid Missouri weather, like 40 tomorrow and freezing rain in the morning, and then you could sit on the beach a little later next week, all right? But it's like, who knows? But I believe the Lord can heal all of that. But let me just explain why I believe it's talking about physical sickness. Two quick things here. The word sickness in the Greek is the word astheneo, and it always refers to physical sickness. That's the word that James uses here. It's the Greek word that means physical sickness. Paul, in the Gospels, when you see them praying for the sick, this is the word that was used. Physical sickness. The lame man, physical sickness. The blind man, physical sickness. The woman with the issue of blood, it's physical sickness. This is the word here. This is the same word Paul would use throughout his letters to talk about physical sickness. If Paul wanted it to be spiritual sickness, Paul would even add instruction on what he was praying for there. Do I believe that we can pray for people that are spiritually sick? Yes, and they can be healed? Yes. But I believe that James is talking about physical healing here. Another thing that shows me that this is talking about physical healing is in the New Testament, they used oil not to pray for spiritual things necessarily, but they used oil. Look at the story of the Good Samaritan. It was oil. It was like a salve. They used oil for healing. If you paid attention to today's devotional from our 21-day devotional, this, this was not coordinated by me. This was coordinated by God. If you read today's devotional, it was literally about anointing with oil. Today, that happened. This is what James is talking about. James is talking about physical sickness. So let's look at this a little bit further. Are any of you, let's add the word physically sick. You should call for the elders of the church, the spiritual leaders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. I want you to hear me though. Again, let me bring some clarity. Just because we pray a prayer of faith today and anoint you with oil today, listen to me, this is not a doubt statement, this is not a lack of faith statement. I simply want you to understand that just because we prayed and anointed, we're not instantly healed always. Sometimes we are. Sometimes we aren't. I believe the Lord wants to heal every believer. I believe that. I believe that with everything inside of me. But I also, I want you to hear me today, I don't believe that all the time that you're sick will always result in healing on this earth. Because the mortality rate of human beings, listen to me, is still 100%. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer today, but one day you will die. One day your healing is not going to result of you going, oh, I'm healed. One day your healing is going to be when you stand before King Jesus and you're going to say, I am whole, Right? But I do believe that physical healing happens right now. I believe Jesus can heal you. If you're in a wheelchair today, God can heal you. If you have cancer today, God can heal you. If you have a cold today, God can heal you. If you have a bad back today, God can heal you. I believe. 
I believe, but am I saying just because we pray this prayer today, I'm guaranteeing you that you're going to walk out of here completely different than you came in. No, I can't say that. And that's not doubt. It's just fact. But here's what I want you to understand today. The point of today's message is not healing. That's not what James is teaching us about. The point of today's message and what James is teaching us is the point is prayer. Listen to me. I don't pray to get something. I pray to spend time with my creator. I spend time in prayer to commune with God. And as I commune with God and as I walk with God, things happen inside of me. But I, but I want you to understand today, I am not saying we pray and rub the magic bottle and the genie comes out and gives us three wishes. James is teaching us, yes, when we pray, we can be healed. But James is calling us to prayer. So this is, the, this is what I want you to get today. Prayer is essential and prayer is powerful. And if you are suffering, pray. And if you are happy, pray. And if you are sick, pray. If you are overwhelmed, pray. And when we pray, James is teaching us that God hears us and God responds. So no matter where you are today, sick physically or sick spiritually or sick emotionally, and I believe just as much as God wants to heal my physical body, he wants to heal my mind. He wants to heal my fears. He wants to heal all of that today. Or listen to me, if you find yourself completely healthy and you say, Pastor Chad, I have nothing wrong with me, nothing bad in my life, pray. Pray first, pray often, pray always. There is power in prayer. And as we conclude this, James teaches us the last part of verse 15, and if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Wow. So James is telling us, not only does God want to heal our physical sickness, he wants to really heal the most important thing, and that's your soul. Listen to me. Your sins are forgiven when you pray. 1 John 1, 9 teaches us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What is confession there? That's prayer. Listen to what David tells us in Psalm 103, verse 2 through 3. Let all that I am praise the Lord. This is, again, this is that word prayer. This is that word worship right here. Man, never forget the good things he does for me. He heals what? All my sins and all my diseases. He doesn't only want to heal you physically. He wants to heal you spiritually. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to heal you emotionally. However it is, listen to me, there is power in prayer. And then James throws this verse that uh, I think has caused some of us panic over the years. Verse 16, confess your sins to each other. Yeah, right. And pray for each other that you might be healed. Okay, Pastor Chad. What is he teaching us here? Well, James leaves the details out. So what we're going to start doing next Sunday is every one of you are going to stand on the stage publicly and you're going to list out, we're going to really grow the church this way, you're going to list out your sins and you're going to read them out loud. 
in front of the whole church, right? Wouldn't that be embarrassing for the person speaking and for the people listening? It'd be like, oh, don't say that. You know, just don't say that one. Like, you kicked the dog, but don't say you did that, all right? James, is, I don't think that's what James is saying. James isn't telling us, hey, when you leave today, you need to go and get on social media and blast out for the world, this is my sins. James is not telling you, and I want you to hear me, James is not telling you find the loudest gossip in the church and talk to them. No, don't talk to them, right? It's not what James is teaching us here. So what does James have in mind? Well, I believe what James is saying is we need each other. When we pray, we need biblical community that we can trust and lean on. Christians that we can be in close relationship with. Listen to me, there is power in that type of biblical community. And when you have people in your life, I want you to hear me, when you have people in your life that you can trust and know that they're not going to gossip about you and know that they're going to pray for you, and when you know that you have people you can be accountable with, and listen to me, this is what our table group should offer. If you're not in a table group, you need to get connected to one. This is where you can find biblical community. Outside of Sunday morning, you find biblical community in table groups. Get in one. But James is telling us here there's healing in biblical community. Another word we could use for healing here would be deliverance or freedom. So I want you to hear me. James is telling us when we have people in our life that we can trust, people in our life we can pray with, people in our life we can be vulnerable with, people we can look at and say, hey, this is a sin I'm struggling with. James is telling us there's deliverance in that. There's freedom in that. Why? Because it's accountable. Listen to me. Here's what I want you to get. Because hidden things don't heal, they fester. Let me say it again. Hidden things don't heal, they fester. So James is telling us, find people that you can trust and rely on. And I get it. It's tough to be vulnerable with anyone, but... I hate to say this, but it is even, it's even tougher to be vulnerable with Christians. Why? Because it's like we eat our own. It's like we get joy out of tearing somebody down because they shared a sin or a struggle that they have. We tear each other down, but man, if we could get to the places that we could control our tongues, as James instructs us, but if we could get to the place that we could honor each other, you're my brother or you're my sister in the Lord, and I'm going to respect what you tell me, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, Greg, and I'm not going to go and tell what you told me to Dolph. If we could get to that place, if we could just follow the golden rule, do to others what you want them to do to you. It is not, the golden rule is not do to others as they've done to you. Well, they did that to me, so I'm getting, no, stop. Treat the body of Christ with honor and respect. I think if we could do this, the church would be healthier. The body of Christ would be healthier. You would be healthier. And the world would look at it and see. Again, we've looked at this scripture multiple times over the last year. But how will they know that we are God's disciples if we don't have love for one another? Is this talking to anybody? Then James finishes with a powerful statement. Before I say that, let me say one other thing I think James is talking about here. One thing I do believe that you need to confess is if you have been the offender, 
You need to go to the person that you have wronged and you need to confess it and apologize. Why? Because that brings healing to you and healing to them. And I think that's one of the things James is teaching us here. You've sinned against somebody, you go to them and apologize. Repent. And then James finishes verse 16 with the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. I love this. There is tremendous power unleashed when we pray. But there's a key word here. James says the earnest prayer of a what? What's this word righteous mean? Right? Well, in some sense, all of us are righteous because we've been justified before the Lord if we're a believer. But the word that James is using here goes beyond just our initial salvation. James is talking about somebody that their righteousness is practical and visible, godly behavior. It's talking about somebody who's walking closely with the Lord, and it's evident that they have traits, characteristics, we could call them fruit of the Spirit living inside of them. This is what James is talking about. In other words, James is telling us, those who walk closely with the Lord, and it's evident, you can see it, you can expect to see a powerful response to your prayers and petitions. And some of you are like, Pastor Chad, I just don't think that that's what it means. Well, why does James next go and talk about Elijah? Elijah is a righteous person. He's giving us a living, breathing example, somebody that walked this earth. Listen to what he says. Eli, but, I, but I love, I think James was also intentional. He's showing us a human that walked with God. But he's also showing us a human that was a human. Elijah was what? He was a what? He was a man. He was a human just like you and I are. I think James is very intentional because I think sometimes the reason we don't pray or sometimes the reason we don't believe, we see an Elijah or a David or an Abraham or a Paul and we say they're biblical characters. They're prophetic. They, they walked with Jesus. It was a different time than them. No, I think Elijah, uh, James is trying to show us, no, Elijah is a man just as you and I are a man. He has a human nature just like you and I do. Elijah sinned. Elijah doubted. Elijah had weaknesses. Elijah had failures. But Elijah looked at God and look what happened when he prayed. Look at the rest of this. And when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crop. Here's what I want you to hear. Elijah was not a superhuman. Elijah was simply a man who prayed to a supernatural, all-powerful, almighty God, and God responded. Listen to me as we begin to wrap up. Just as prayer was powerful and effective for Elijah, prayer can be powerful and effective for you. But I want you to hear something. Prayer can't be powerful if it's not offered. Prayer it has to be offered and it has to be offered in faith. God can't answer prayers you don't pray. James 4 2, remember what it says? You don't have because you don't what? Some of you are struggling physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and you're wrestling and you're talking to doctors and you're talking to friends and you're Googling all your symptoms. Just stop, close the laptop. Get out of the car, sit down, get on your knees and say, God, I need you. 
Remember what Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So Destiny Church, here's a challenge. In every circumstance, in every sickness, in every victory, in every trial, in every test, in sickness and in health, it sounds like marriage, in joy and in hardship, pray, ask, seek, knock, the door will be open for you. So write this down, it'll be on the screen. Prayer not only reflects an attitude of genuine faith, Prayer also reveals patient endurance as we look to God in faith and we look to him in faith to handle everything we face according to his promises. When we pray, we're offering in faith something to God that says, God, I know you've got this. That's what we're doing. Then James closes it up and Jess, you can come back and play here. Verse 19 and 20, and he says, my dear brothers and sisters, this is a call to action here. My dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Makai, can you do me a favor? Can you grab the box of people we've been praying for that's over there at the cross? James is telling us here as he closes out his letter don't ignore those who've wandered from the faith and I've spent many many days over the last nine months that's good I got them praying for these I've, I've cried over these just as I know many of you have there are hundreds of faces in here names written cards please pray for my cousin that doesn't know you pray for my son who's walked away from the Lord James is telling us don't ignore them don't forget them don't stop praying for them it's a call to action don't stop praying for the prodigals don't ignore them. He's telling us each of us have a responsibility. Every single one of us have a responsibility to pray for those who have wandered from the faith. This isn't exclusive instructions for the pastor or the really spiritual intercessor. Every one of us are called to pray. Every one of us are called to pray. We cannot ignore those who've wandered from the faith, but not only do we have a responsibility to pray for them? We have a responsibility to love them. We don't have a responsibility to condemn them or point a finger at them or accuse them. We have a responsibility to pray for them and to love them and to point them toward Jesus. That's our responsibility. So today as we pray, I want to encourage you, pray for those who are sick. Pray for those who are suffering. Pray for those who are living in sin. Pray first. Pray often. 
pray always. Let me give you four things as I close today that I see in this teaching. Just write these quickly. these, These are just four thoughts I had from this message today. Prayer is to be continuous, nonstop. Pastor Chad, you tell me I gotta be on my knees all the time praying. No, just, just, just live in an atmosphere of prayer. Prayer is designed, number two, prayer is designed for every single aspect of your life, every part of it. Prayer is not only for the perfect, prayer is not only for the pastor, prayer is not only for the worship leader, prayer is not only for the intercessor, prayer is for all of us. But here's something I really want you to hear today. Prayer is not a substitute for responsibility. Once we pray, it's time to get to work. It's time to do the work of the Lord. It's time to reach the lost. It's time to serve the widow. It's time to serve the orphan. It's time to love the unlovable. So Destiny Church, the book of James is over. We've finished it. My challenge to us as we close out this book is let's be a church that is fervent. Not only on our knees as we pray before the Lord, but let's also be fervent in our doing for the Lord. Let's be a church that expects him to move in powerful ways. And guess what? We're going to start believing right now. And so we're going to do two things today. We're going to, number one, we're going to pray for those who are spiritually sick, not right with the Lord. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to believe, and I believe there are some of you today that need to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And we're going to pray for you. And there's, there's a handful that I know that as I've been preaching, Lord has showed you to me today. You're not here by accident on January 1st. Some people came because they're believing for healing today. Others of you, you don't know why you came, but the Lord brought you here today to heal you of spiritual sickness. And so I want everyone to pray with me. And then we're actually going to call people that are physically sick to the front. We're going to lay hands on you. And we're going to believe today for healing. All right? And we're even calling our kids in today. If there's kids in our kids' church that need prayer, we're going to pray over them today. And I'm believing the people are walking out of this place changed. I believe that. First of all, if you have sin in your life and you're not right with the Lord, if you're here today and you haven't been serving the Lord, you've walked away, you've never asked him into your heart, I want you to pray this prayer. Repeat it with me. What we're doing here is we're asking Jesus to forgive us of our sins. Remember what 1 John 1, 9 says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. So we're going to do that today, but everybody's going to pray this prayer. Nobody prays alone here at Destiny, all right? So we all say this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me of my sins. Today I make a choice to serve you. I confess that I am a sinner and that I need you. And I ask you today to forgive me of all of my sins. And I thank you, Jesus, that today I am a new person. I have been changed because of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.